Do you love a good cigar? I do. That's why I love my Patriot cigars. These are the highest quality long-leaf Nicaraguan tobacco cigars, and believe me, the price is right. So go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE for 25% off. Free shipping on orders over $100. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE. Premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone is served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times bestselling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome. I'm Roger Stone, and yes, you are back in the Stone Zone. Well, today is the Michigan Republican presidential primary, uh, and President Donald Trump is expected, based on all polling, to rack up another historic victory over Nikki Haley yet again. Yet there is no evidence that Nikki Haley is prepared to throw in the towel. Yesterday here on the Stone Zone, we talked about the possibility of her bolting the Republican Party as Congressman John Anderson, a liberal Republican, did in 1980 to seek election as an independent or perhaps even as the candidate of the so-called No Labels group. Now, No Labels is a more serious political enterprise. They have been in business for several years. They have the funding, uh, the knowledge, uh, the experience, and the know-how to actually field uh, a candidate for president, and more importantly, get that candidate on the ballot. However, so far, there have been no takers. They clearly sought uh, West Virginia Senator uh, Joe Manchin as their candidate. Last week, he announced that he would not be their candidate. Uh, they uh, clearly have sought Maryland Governor Larry Hogan as their candidate. And now with news about Hogan's decision, uh, my co-host Troy uh, Smith of uh, Slingshot.News joins us in the Stone Zone. Roger, it's an honor to be here. And uh, we just saw this morning uh, something that kind of confirms what we were talking about yesterday, where Hogan running for Senate has endorsed Nikki Haley for president. And you pointed out that the end goal here may be that Haley tries to jump ship. Um, and I, I'd like you to speak more on the sore loser laws, because that's, I think, an important piece of this. Um, but Hogan, who is very wrapped up in no labels, has endorsed Nikki Haley for president. So that's an important piece of this that I think we missed yesterday. Yeah, I've been trying to figure this out. A lot of speculation as to what Nikki Haley is up to. It's very clear that she cannot beat Donald Trump for the Republican nomination. It's very clear that there's no future contest for delegates that she can dominate. She still has money in the bank, of course, from her big, essentially pro-Biden Democrat donors. Uh, 
Uh, and um, the idea of her running as the uh, no labels party or as independent party candidate is really uh, difficult because, uh, as you say, there are sore loser laws. Now, those are essentially state laws that say that if you run in a primary contest in a given state, whether you win or whether you lose, you are prohibited from later being on the ballot in that state uh, as an independent or third party candidate. By the time we get to Super Tuesday, uh, it will really be too late if Nikki Haley, who's already filed in all of those states, uh, runs in them and loses. Uh, at this point, it's too late to even withdraw her name. So even theoretically, if she withdrew from the race tonight, which I do not expect, um, she would be essentially prohibited from more than half of the ballots. Perhaps, however, this is what she has in mind. Running for president in the Republican primary, leaving the party and appearing on the ballot as a vice presidential candidate for another party or in an independent bid would not fall under these sore loser laws. Uh, it's not actually spoken to. It's never actually been contemplated. Of course, that leaves uh, the folks at no labels with the need for a presidential candidate. They still have a vice uh, presidential candidate if they could get Nikki Haley. I really think that her goal here in the short term is to try to damage Donald Trump as much as she possibly can. Uh, and uh, her stance is very similar uh, to that of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who rather than warmly uh, endorsing Donald Trump after taking his drudging, uh, has continued to snipe at the former president from the margins, continues to talk out on federal issues uh, as if he were still running for president, actually visited South Carolina during the primary season to campaign for a congressional candidate talks about a balanced budget amendment, talks about term limits, all laudatory. But here in Florida, we have an, an incredible insurance crisis. We have a utility rate crisis. Crime rates are slowly creeping up. And while the governor said that he would sign an executive order to prohibit the teaching of critical race theory uh, or other gender lies in the school, that executive order remains unenforced, meaning the seven largest school districts in the state, which comprise approximately 3.7 million school students, are still being indoctrinated with crazy left-wing dogma. But the governor's done nothing about that. Troy, I should also mention to you uh, that the establishment Republicans recently put forward a piece of legislation which would restore the runoff uh, in Republican primaries. That's a device by which today in a Republican primary for any office, if there are multiple candidates, the candidate who wins a plurality uh, wins the nomination. In this case, uh, we would go back to an old system that Florida abandoned some time ago in which just uh, the two top vote getters uh, even if one of them received 51% of the vote, um, would face off in a runoff. Um, this is a bad idea. It's designed to reassert Republican establishment control of the grassroots of the Republican primary. 
uh, it's really meant to dilute the strength of the America first Trump uh, insurgent outsider Republican majority here in Florida. Uh, we already defeated an effort to require the Republican nominee to take a loyalty pledge in the state committee. And it now appears that Florida's legislative leadership has tabled this terrible idea, uh, which was pushed by the rhinos, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, you know, Roger, and I, I, I wanted to ask you real quickly about Nikki Haley, because, you know, we talked about the open primaries giving her such momentum. And I think, you know, in states where they don't have open primaries, she's gotten beaten badly. I mean, even by uh, in, in Nevada, famously, she lost to no candidate. So I wanted to ask you just in a percentage wise, how much momentum is she receiving from Democrats and how much of it is people within the Republican Party that are that that want to, you know, they're more anti-Trump people? Uh, we saw in the uh, New Hampshire primary that Donald Trump actually got 70% of the vote among registered Republicans, meaning the great bulk of Nikki Haley's votes came from non-Republicans, people entering the Republican primary as an act of mischief. Uh, I spoke to the folks in South Carolina last night. It was also true there. Trump won uh, almost 75% of registered Republicans, but there was a concerted $3 million effort to move liberal Democrats who had not voted in the presidential primary earlier for Joe Biden, where turnout was extraordinarily anemic, largely because there is no contest and there's no intensity or enthusiasm for his candidacy. Uh, and Nikki Haley got most of her votes from non-Republicans. These people are general election Democrat voters. So this narrative as uh, put forward by uh, Lawrence O'Donnell from MSNBC, <laughs> we spoke about that character yesterday, uh, that this is bad news for Trump. No, it's actually very good news for Trump. Look, the Republican Party has been transformed. We are the party uh, of the middle class. We are the party of working families. We are now the party of America first. We are no longer the party of the neocons. We are no longer the party of shipping billions of dollars abroad while there are hungry, homeless Americans here. And that's not going to change at the grassroots. So um, I, I think the Nikki Haley thing continues to be a mystery. Uh, will she be rewarded by a cabinet job? And if there is a future Democratic nomination, is that what she seeks? Or maybe she hopes to go back on the boards of some other large defense contractors uh, as a reward for her efforts to destroy Donald Trump. It's not clear what her game plan is, but I disagree with those who say she's going to bolt the party to run as an independent. I still believe that to be uh, unlikely. Well, and I think it's important to point out, Roger, that if she has this Democrat momentum in the Republican primaries, that's going to slow tremendously if she does bolt and go for a third party in the general, because as you said, these people are Democrat voters when it comes to the general election. Um, so it just points out kind of it's it's really sleight of hand, Roger. And I think it's important to point out that Joe Biden has shared Nikki Haley ads and, and Reed Hoffman, as you always point out, is uh, one of her is, is one of her largest donors. Now, it's 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 important to remember that because as we're going forward here and we're, we're, we're assessing the situation, we're looking at Nikki Haley. Um, she's going to continue to kind of stay in this thing as long as she can, um, because 
one, it takes a lot of heat off of Joe Biden. I mean, Roger, if you watch the late news coverage, they're talking about Nikki Haley, and it becomes a Trump-Haley thing, and, and the media tries to make that something, as you saw Lawrence O'Donnell and Saki and others saying uh, yesterday, they're trying to make it a big story because they want to distract away from Biden. And we uh, have a clip I think we want to play here, Roger, of uh, Joe Biden yesterday talking about a ceasefire uh, with Israel and Gaza. And and while he's talking about it, he's actually eating ice cream and kind of mumbling to himself, kind of just wandering off. And keep in mind, folks, this is the guy that they say is completely mentally sound. They He was on Seth Meyers last night joking about Trump, saying that Trump can't remember anybody's name, making jokes about Melania. I want you to see uh, President Joe Biden yesterday eating ice cream while talking about Israel and Hamas. Can you give us a sense of when you think that ceasefire will start? Well, I hope by the, the beginning of the weekend. I mean, the end of the weekend. At least my, my, my national security advisor tells me that we're close. We're close. It's not done yet. And my hope is by next Monday, we'll have a ceasefire. Absolutely unbelievable. Let's go to that Seth Meyers clip. I thought that was uh, very funny. Concern for American voters. How do you address that concern going forward as you come up to the 2024 election? Well, a couple of things. Number one, you got to take a look at the other guy. He's about as old as I am, but he can't even remember his wife's name. Yeah. And, uh, number one. Number two, <laughs> it's about how old your ideas are. Look, I mean, this is a guy who wants to take us back. He wants to take us back on Roe v. Wade. He wants to take us back on a whole range of issues that are 50, 60 years. They've been solid American p- positions. And, um, and I really mean this sincerely. The, uh, I think it's about about the future and everything, every single thing we've done. I think we've got some good things done, everything. And we, they told us we couldn't get them done because things were so divided. And uh, but I think everything, everything we've gotten done, he's just friendly stated he wants to do away with if he gets elected. And I really think his views on where to take America are older than anyway. I don't want to get <laughs> You talked about bipartisanship and that you could actually work across the aisle when you ran in 2020. I was uh, uh, absolutely amazing. By the way, just to remind folks, it was Joe Biden who mistook his wife for his sister at the podium. Uh, it wasn't Donald Trump, who very clearly knows who his beautiful, charming, cultured uh, and extraordinary wife is. Uh, but uh, right there, you saw it yet again, Biden forgetting mid-sentence what he was talking about. A new piece in today's uh, New York Post, a former Biden speechwriter who worked in the Obama White House from 2019 to 2020, John Favreau, says uh, that uh, he fears that Biden is looking frail uh, and mumbly and that his age is a very real issue. Now, this isn't Roger Stone saying it, isn't some conservative Republicans saying it, it is uh, the Democrats uh, themselves. Joe Biden continues uh, to entertain, but no practical political analyst can believe that he's in any condition to run for re-election. All right, we've got a guest on deck and we want to get to him. Robert Bose served as a senior policy advisor in the Trump White House. Uh, He's been with us on the Stone Zone before. He's a very knowledgeable fellow uh, regarding the legal proceedings in multiple states 
uh, pertaining to the 2020 election and other issues. I'm very pleased to bring Robert Mose back into the Stone Zone. Hello, Roger. Great to be with you. So, uh, look, I can't resist doing this because I enjoy it uh, so much. Uh, we have what is uh, by, by far my favorite video by Brendan Dilly's famous uh, Dilly 300 uh, uh, meme team. Uh, I love this and I have to kick off this session by rolling it. Let's roll it. Now, why you saying she a boat rigger? The fatty only make my lead bigger. Now, why you saying she a boat rigger? The fatty only make my lead bigger. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. 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 Fanny the thought always at the beauty salon with the baby Louis Vuitton on the Honda arm. She said, talk to walk a flock, I could really do harm. For a case, I got a lot, I could blow up your spot like a bomb. But I'm looking for the one, have you seen her? She went and put my whole team under subpoena. Diva, Friday, Felicia, four kids in charge of the Donald Trump. And you're the bullshit, indict Gucci Mane and chase it for some pain. She take us all again, but rap with no shame. She get up on TV, and you all know her name. If you play in Fulton County, then you better get paid, you know why? Cause the D ain't corrupt, yo. From what I heard, Fatty got a baby by Mondo. And Luma said she got a trapped house in a condo. She don't care whatever said, long as she popped, though. Now why you saying she a boat rigger? But Fatty only make my lead bigger. Now why you saying she a boat rigger? But Fatty only make my lead bigger. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. 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 13 counts, 13 counts. You getting paid to pounce and die for 13 counts. I know somebody paying top to charge whoever he says. Another DA in the pop that handle all of his biz. You will see her at the courthouse, call her Fatty Willis. Charge another rapper because you know she out to get us. She even charged her president if you could pay the money. Election interference done, deal for the money. She walk around looking like Chapo with the money. She got a new week, got white coat with the money, money. If you ain't no punk, holla, we want D-Trump. We want D-Trump, yeah. There's something that you need to have. Because when we get revenge, we gon' kick some ass. 13 counts, 13 counts. Got paid for every count straight into bank accounts. Now why you saying she a boat rigger? But fatty only make my lead bigger. Now why you saying she a boat rigger? But fatty only make my lead bigger. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. 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 We have to start the day with a little levity, uh, otherwise we'd cry. Uh, so, Robert, uh, take us back to the beginning, I guess, because uh, people have followed some of these uh, televised hearings, but I'm not sure that all of our viewers really understand what has transpired. Fannie Wills is the uh, Fulton County District Attorney. That is an elected position. Uh, she defeated an incumbent, uh, attacking him for having sex with members of his own staff. 
she uh, subsequently indicted Donald Trump uh, and a, another of others, uh, claiming that they knew that they had lost the Georgia election, the presidential election in Georgia, uh, and that they had conspired uh, to hold on to that state's uh, electoral votes. Now, uh, I was not involved in any of this, contrary to what lunatics like Ari Melber say. I followed it from afar, but take us from that point forward, because a number of the defendants, those who a couple have pled guilty, but those who have not are putting on a spirited defense. Take us from that point forward. Well, sure. There are so many aspects to this case, but it's an unfolding so poorly for the regime. And, and there's no mistake that the regime is behind Bonnie Willis and this, this get Trump case. So, so she brings the, they, they, they rush her to bring the charges against the 19 folks uh, that five of them, they, they enter, engineered these kind of, kind of uh, bogus plea agreements where nobody's going to um, testify against Trump. They're just, uh, they were, they were slaps on the wrist to get, to get them out because Fulton County wasn't ready to go. So, um, and this was the result of two grand juries, a special purpose grand jury and a, and a regular grand jury. So now we learned that those grand juries may not have been authorized. Uh, Fulton County taxpayers are supposed to prove the money for, for different purposes. We think that Fonnie Willis diverted the money that was supposed to go to COVID case backlog and uh, to, to, you know, all the thousands of criminal cases, you know, they haven't got a gulag down there with people that aren't charged. They're still sitting in jail. So she basically was told by the Biden regime, particularly Jeff DeSantis and, and, and from the DNC and Charlie Bailey, who was running for lieutenant governor. They were in the transition team. She brought Nathan Wade in the transition team in November of 2020. So you got these these D.C. operatives. You've got a couple you got Fonnie, who's got this new new gig. She's got her boyfriend in there, Nathan Wade, who's trying to score a big contract. Okay, so they they um, they get this thing going, but um, they didn't realize how many people were going to come out of the woodwork and start start uh, calling out their corruption. They fired one quarter of the department, and Nathan Wade was side by side with Fannie and Jeff DeSantis and Charlie Bailey, making all the the hire and fire decisions in the transition team. This is before Bonnie Willis has even been sworn in. So Nathan Wade brings his buddy. Talk about a trap, a trap house. They're running the whole Fulton County as a trap house for every corrupt official. Um, Jeff DeSantis made $4 million. You know, uh, Charlie Bailey, again, ran for lieutenant governor. He worked, in the, he worked in the DA. He knew them. So everybody's kind of jumping in on, on Fannie. You know, maybe she's a little... Uh, you know, Dilly goes after her pretty hard and we've gone after her pretty hard, but maybe she was actually the one getting played by all these guys too. Everybody's in there playing the corrupt system. So anyway, they, they, um, they're, they're, they're 19 defendants and this, the personal corruption has created this great option to blow the case apart. Uh, you know, normally it would have like, you know, the, the prosecution to, to presents, presents the evidence and they argue the evidence, but now the tables have totally turned because witnesses have come forward. Mike Roman and his counsel, Ashley Merchant, have brought dismissal motions on the personal corruption. Uh, the, the, and we have, there's three items of perjury that Fawny and Nathan Wade, Fanny Wilson and Nathan Wade have brought before the court 
that have been now proven wrong. There's going to be a hearing today at two o'clock to go through one of those where Nathan Wade's business partner, Terrence Bradley, is now able to talk about the personal arrangement relationship between Nathan and Fanny. But it's not it's bigger than personal. I mean, it, that will show the lies. But what we're seeing is that she was basically firing existing people to make room for her friends and to make room for her lover to give him sweet contracts. That was all violations of Fulton policy. It's certainly you, you want your D.A. to be of the highest ethical standards. And she is really lower than low. Is I based on my own research, I think Nathan Wade was previously a personal injury lawyer, uh, which would not mean that he has the broad experience necessary to prosecute a complicated uh, RICO case. Uh, and I had also seen that he received as much as $645,000 uh, in compensation. This seems extraordinarily excessive, no? Yeah, he did receive that much. His firm. Uh, with he, he cobbled together some buddies, Terrence Bradley among them, and they had a contract with Fulton County. So there's more than the 600 plus thousand he earned. There's probably more money that his firm earned. So and yes, he he he, Fannie Willis wanted this relationship. We have friends that have indicated that she had this longing for him after you know meeting him in 2020, and so she she wanted to bring in some friends. I'm not sure he was really contracted to be in there to run transition, but she brings him in, gives him a contract, gives her, her, her his law firm contract, and then um, lets him do the hire and fire decisions. So it's um, it, it, and and yes, he he hadn't had any experience. He had no no uh, RICO case experience, no no massive criminal case experience, which was which is really interesting because this will also prove that the regime is behind it. They didn't really need it. They just needed some mouthpieces to basically do the bidding of the puppet masters back in D.C. You had um, uh, Peter Heller. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it's Peter Peter Harrell, actually, who was uh, at NSC. You had uh, Jeff DeSantis, who was uh, the liaison from the DNC. So they were they were connecting and making these meetings happen in, in uh, at the White House. So the White House and. DOJ and Brookings Institute is kind of running this show. So you didn't, you didn't, if you, who cares if you had a lackey like Nathan Wade out there doing the, doing the arguing. So, the, but now it's all falling apart. Um, and the, the personal corruption, the contracting, the, the lies are coming and she's now on trial. And the judge there, Scott McAfee, has, has got two hearings this week, one today at 2 p.m., that's going to talk about Terrence Bradley talking about the romance between the, the two of them. And then a bigger one on Friday, which is going to be talking about their disqualification. Several of the defendants have moved to disqualify Fanny and Nathan from the case and actually to toss out the entire case. So we're not even going to get to hear evidence if the judge rules this way. And we, we really don't know which way he's going to go. But uh, the ruling yesterday to allow Terrence Bradley to talk about the personal relationship he witnessed between Fannie and Nathan Wade, that is a that it bodes well for the for the Trump side that uh, the truth will come out. That the, the judge is, is building his uh, building his case here, and um, and keep in mind, we're not even to the jury part. This is just all the motions part. They 
you know, uh, I don't think they're going to get to a jury. There's so many dismissal motions that are going to be dumped and more information, more corruption is going to come out on this. Uh, I I'd seen a report that Judge McAbee had given a campaign contribution to Fannie Wells when she was running. That gives me pause. Uh, Troy, do you have a question for uh, our knowledgeable guest? Well, can, today? can I say can I say something about that? Of course. So so Paul Fannie was running against the incumbent DA Paul Howard, and he was the more liberal one of the two. Fannie was characterizing herself as a tough law and order DA. And if you had to pick, and in, in Fulton, you've got to just pick the, the worst of two evils there. So I believe at the time, Scott McAfee gave to her because he perceived her to be the more conservative DA. Well, immediately as she, she got uh, close to winning, she, convert, she switched sides and basically became the more, uh, uh, she, she, the, I think the Biden administration got to her, basically said, you're going to run this case to be a get, you know, you're going to run this whole place to be a get Trump uh, DA department. And forget forget all those twelve thousand criminal case backlog. You know, let those guys rot in Fulton County Jail. We're just going after Trump. That's effectively what they're doing. And the people of Georgia and Fulton County have suffered victims and and alleged perpetrators are just waiting and waiting and rotting in jail. Extraordinary, Troy. I do have a question for Robert. Yes, uh, is this case and getting a look, uh, a closer look at Fulton County and the way some of these justice systems are working around the country? Does that is that uh, as a policy advisor? Does that play into uh, what what's going to be in the next Trump administration as far as reforming this system and the way it works? Because it would it would seem to me that you guys are getting a really good look at how this system treats a lot of people in this country. That's a great point, uh, a great opportunity, and and being in, on the front end of the lawfare president himself, Roger, you've been there, all the, the abuse of power. This is, uh, you know, this is SS tactics here. And I think when you apply that to DOJ and justice reform, I think that's going to be an important factor going in. Now, um, uh, the uh, at, at the local, at the, at the trial level in Fulton County itself, it has other issues going on. Fulton County is going to have a, an ethics hearing on March 7th against Fonnie Willis. So she she has her problems are mushrooming beyond this court. Also, the, there, there may be an investigation on uh, some aspects of her performance by the legislature in Georgia. I'm not sure Governor Kemp and A.G. Carr are going to do much about it. They they actually kind of want uh, Trump to to fail here because they want, you know, they want to uh, Carr wants to be governor and Kemp wants to be senator. Georgia, don't fall for it, okay? But um, anyway, there's there's a lot more things that are going to happen that, that emerge from all this. And there's civil cases going on election fraud there too. Yeah, there's a, 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 you know, in many ways that hearing uh, with Fonnie Willis, which I think half the people in America were glued to their television, was riveting television. She evidently was wearing her dress backwards. I'm not sure what that was about. Uh, but it really w- reminded me of the famous Japanese movie Rashomon, meaning uh, it was as perceived by the viewer. I talked to people who I ran into uh, who were Democrats uh, who thought that she was incredible. She was great, that she shoved it back in their face. It was a triumphant moment for her. I, I, of course, did not see it that way, but it now appears that within that testimony, she may have perjured herself yet again uh, when she 
misstated the length of her uh, and depth of her relationship with Nathan Wade. Today, I read, it was yesterday, about new cell phone records that have been discovered, which really undercut her testimony. What is the impact of that, Robert? Oh, wow. Yes. Um, so the, the cell phone records are very damning. Fawny uh, and Nathan each said they did not spend the night at South Fulton Condo at all. And the cell phone records are tracking 12,000 uh, uh, texts and and calls, like 2,000 calls and 10,000 texts. And the, the geofencing has positioned them at the same under the same roof overnight set more than once several times at least it may have made as many as 10 times when they each said they never spent the night at the same place so more more perjury there and then the gifts kept on giving she even talked about all this cash she had and she you know and you know campaign finance roger she she basically admits that she extracted a bunch of cash from her campaign so um the timeline she's fouled up you know, she's she's trying to cover up, um, you know, she, this is a cover up for what she's trying to do is cover up flat flatly uh, by lying about the timeline. So now we have all these witnesses saying, well, it was a year or two before that Nathan Wade was was in there is in the transition team in 2020, not 2022, like they said. So they got perjury there. More more things are coming out. Terrence Bradley said they've got these, these four contracts that were given to Nathan Wade's firm starting in 2020. Some for the Taint team, some for some for normal Fulton business, and among them, those have conflicts. So there's just conflicts falling all over this place. So it's it's total cluster inside there, and um, and it's 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 really so. Some of the people who are listening to the sound bites, they might say think that she did a good job, but when you put it all together and compare it to, you know, statement over here and a statement over here, clearly perjury, clearly a lot of corruption going on. One of the things that we have learned, of course, is that both uh, Fannie Wills and Nathan Wade and this fellow Jeff DeSantis uh, all visited uh, Biden's legal, legal counsel in the White House, as uh, did uh, Alvin Bragg, the uh, D.C., pardon me, the Manhattan prosecutor, uh, as uh, did uh, Letitia James, the New York State Attorney General, uh, as did Special Counsel Jack Smith and members of his staff. So uh, it seems to me that there was indeed a RICO conspiracy, but that RICO conspiracy seems to be among government prosecutors. Now, I'm not an attorney, but attorneys I respect tell me that Trump could bring such a civil action, but has not done so. Uh, the, the, uh, the fact that this fellow DeSantis, which is spelled differently than the governor of Florida, and they're not related, um, was embedded essentially in her office um, that, I find that really extraordinary. That that shows a, a conspiracy, no? Uh, yes, it's uh, the, uh, you you identified many of the strings on this puppetry we're seeing coming directly from the White House from the Biden regime. That's effectively his campaign. Lawfare is his campaign, and um, just from the, the the rushed moment that the eleven thirty at night uh, launching of the of the in indictments you know, ahead of schedule. And that was basically by design in the Biden regime to, to uh, I think, offset something going on in a Hunter Biden case, maybe. They were, they're basically calling the shots. This is, uh, you know, directed right from, uh, 
right from the Penn Biden Center or, or from the White House, whichever, you know, wherever the Chinese are. That's what's going on. All right, we're going to take a very quick commercial break, and then we're going to return uh, with our guest, Robert Bose, who served with distinction in the Trump administration as well as the Trump White House. So, uh, gentlemen, uh, we will be uh, right back. Folks, uh, if you uh, follow the Stone Zone, uh, you know that uh, the products uh, that we offer here are very carefully selected. Uh, and I'm very, very picky and selective, particularly when it comes to supplements. Now, I have uh, practiced uh, alternative, I should say, I have experienced alternative medicine for many decades, uh, get treated with acupuncture prophylactically, take a daily combination of natural herbs and supplements for optimum health, and of course, continue to exercise regularly. But there is one product that has made a real difference in my life that I want to tell you about, and it's called Cardio Miracle. Now, Cardio Miracle uh, is, uh, is essentially a very high-grade uh, nitric oxide. Nitric oxide uh, is one of the body's most potent natural antioxidants. This is a short-lived gas that is normally produced in the walls of the arteries and the veins. Over time, however, your natural production decreases. Now, nitric oxide is essential for life. It's involved in many of the critical body functions, particularly keeping your arteries, veins, and your heart young and healthy. So uh, it, it helps keep blood pressure and cholesterol levels at healthy levels. It supports uh, strong anti-inflammatory response. It promotes overall good health uh, and uh, general well-being. But most importantly, I have found it's given me good boost in my natural energy. I'm working a very long days putting together the Stone Zone, uh, producing this show, also producing my WABC radio show, and still trying to write pieces for my Substack. It's an enormous uh, amount of work. Uh, and I find that while taking Cardio Miracle has given me a good natural boost in both my energy and my vitality. Uh, this is a blend of three types of antioxidants. Uh, there is a basic nitric oxide blend, there's a proprietary nitric, uh, nitric oxide blend, and then there's a, an overall antioxidant blend. You can take this in lieu of a daily vitamin. So uh, it's very simple to take. It's a, just essentially a capsule full of this uh, good tasting, it's raspberry tasting uh, powder that you can mix with juice or water twice a day. And I believe that you will see immediate results. Now, I'm not a doctor. Make no medical claims. I can only tell you how it has worked for me. But for me and my family, it has worked extraordinarily well. So please go to CardioMiracle.com, CardioMiracle.com. And when you do, use promo code STONE. That's promo code STONE. This is an extraordinary product with which I believe you will be extraordinarily happy. Returning now uh, to my co-host, Troy Smith of Slingshot.News, uh, and also Robert Bose, who served uh, in the Trump administration, both in the administration and in the Trump White House. Right now, we're focused on the situation uh, in Georgia, uh, specifically Fulton County. Robert, are there not both federal and state lawsuits pertaining to the 2020 election that are still very much alive and in court? 
Yes, there are. There are going to be a few more. Um, more evidence is, is coming out on, it's taken a while to, to investigate the very complex election fraud that happened in 2020 and 2022. And even in uh, like it's recently elections in 2023 and in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, we have corroborating evidence of machines fouling up. You know, by the way, part of the Georgia case, uh, some of those defendants are um, good election workers who were doing their job to investigate voting computer foul ups where where the number of people that came through the polls was much larger than what the machines were reporting. So so they are uh, now indicted for looking at that. They were looking at the, um, the malfunction after the vote after the votes were certified. They wanted to figure out what the heck happened and they went back to investigate. And, and now uh, only the Republicans are, are un, under indictment, not the Democrats who had the same issues, but they, they are a part of the Coffee County breach. There's three or four people that were part of the 19 in that. So that's still going on. But uh, yes, there's a civil suits in, in uh, Georgia with Garland Favorito, with Caroline Jeffords. Uh, there's the uh, 2020 litigation in Arizona. Um, uh Still in Michigan, Pennsylvania, there's some smaller cases there, but all very significant. So those are those are going to continue. But um, we, you know, much of the evidence has been blocked. We're actually hoping that the Georgia cases do get through. I mean, all the defendants want to get dismissed, and and you know, their their uh, cases dismissed. But some of the election researchers are like, no, we really want this stuff to come out in court because it's going to be exonerating. And uh, so we're we're um, we have I think we'll do well either way. Well, gee, the Washington Post says that the democracy dies in darkness. Who could be against uh, full disclosure? I mean, for example, uh, I remember Democrats demanding that Richard Nixon's White House tapes needed to be released so the American people could hear them. So why would we not release uh, the tapes of special counsel Robert Hur's in, uh, interview with the president, Joe Biden? I mean, I'm for full disclosure because after all, democracy dies in darkness. We, we need to have full disclosure. I, I'm uh, continue to be intrigued by this federal case that is in front of Judge Totenberg, uh, who is a, a liberal Democrat uh, no, nominee, but appears to me to be a completely honest judge. Uh, full disclosure, I know her sister, Nina Totenberg, was one of my neighbors when I lived in D.C., was a was, may still be a reporter with uh, National Public Radio, uh, was uh, a great journalist, uh, a, a nice person. Uh, but uh, last I heard, the Secretary of State uh, was uh, refusing to testify uh, for that federal trial, which has been allowed to move forward. How can a public servant refuse to testify under oath about a matter that pertains to his duties as a public servant? It's a shame. Uh, Brad Raffensperger has been one of the big, one of the bad guys in this case, and that that Curling v. Raffensperger case, we've had that was a Democrat case. They they brought that initially because Donald Trump schnookered uh, the cheat in uh, with Hillary Clinton. See, he he beat them there, so the Democrats were upset then. So that was a that was a 2017 case, and it's still been languishing around. But but Judge Amy Totenberg. As about, we think she may rule maybe after the, the Super Tuesday or the Georgia primary, but she may rule uh, in favor of of, of the um, the good guys, I guess, where they said there was machine malfunction. Uh, three liberal professors, Halderman, uh, Stark, and Appel, 
uh, Princeton, uh, Michigan, and MIT. I'm sorry. Um, uh, yeah, MIT. They all came in and said, "Wow, these machines are easily hackable." And the and the one of them demonstrated in court in five minutes. He basically had a pen. He'd open up the machine and he created two elections. Uh, it was George Washington versus Benedict Arnold, and it was five votes. And so basically, the first round, you know, it was the organic results. George Washington wins five to nothing over Benedict Arnold. So then he re quickly reprogrammed it, just a little calculation, changing some numbers around openly, easily. And, and lo and behold, Benedict Arnold wins three to two in the, in the rigged election that took about five minutes to, to fix right in open court. So I think that was compelling evidence to the judge to say, holy cow, we got a problem. Now, one thing about this case is that um, there are, you know, four main parts of the computer programming, the electronic pull book, the tabulator, and then the printers are in there too. So pull books, the electronic pull book, tabulator, election management system, and all, uh, uh, and then um, uh, the reporting of it all. So there's several, several parts of the voting computers. The Democrats only want the, the verdict to focus on the, uh, the touchscreen ballot marking device, which, which is, you know, where you don't know what comes out of the QR code or the bar barcode, the barcode, you can't decipher what that means. So they wanted only to, to the, the remedy of the case only be focused on the barcode and the ballot marking device. Well, the professors have all said every part of it is hackable. You know, they're all connected to the Internet. They're connected to one another. So um, we, uh, you know, the election integrity experts around the country want a comprehensive solution. You, can, you don't just fix one part of the problem when you have vulnerabilities in several parts of the problem. So that's the that's the burden that Judge Totenberg has to face right now. She's going to and she can't make the legislature, you know, she's going to she may say you can't use the ballot marking devices, but she, she needs to go further. And the legislature, including Brad Raffensperger, need to go further and and just uh, you cannot have a vulnerable election system. We have to go back to paper ballots hand counted at the precinct level with strict voter ID on one day in-person voting. That's that's the only solution around this. Uh, I've also read extensively about, a, a, I think it's a Fulton County case, uh, which involves 150,000 paper ballots uh, that plaintiffs seek to examine, but which the county refuses to hand over. What's that about? Yes, there are two cases there. Um, Garland Fabrio versus Fulton and Carolyn Jeffords versus Fulton County. And the, the 150,000 ballots is just one part of that case. Uh, there's there's an allegation that many of those are not legitimate. Uh, they may have been snuck in at the end. They might be might have been not not they were supposed to be absentee ballots, but they didn't have creases like you would mail them out. You know, they were sort of pristine. That's one argument. They are they're trying to hold those up and and re, and um, that's stuck in this civil case where this Judge McBurney is basically sitting on a ruling, and um, he's had it for for months and months. So um, the, the Carolyn Jeffords case is much broader. It's going to go into all aspects of the fraud in, in Georgia. The Ruby Freeman and her body cam admissions. She admitted to improper use of the USBs. She said they would blow your mind. Uh, she talked about the cover-up by, by uh, the DA and, and the Secretary of State, that they didn't want to investigate what she observed. And, uh, and then she talked about pulling the suit, the containers out from under the table 
boom, cut the zip tie, she said, and scan them so the numbers go up. So that's on a body cam in Cobb County. And, as, and the FBI was in that, in that state police station at the time. They were so concerned about what she said that six hours later, they went to her house and took her from her house for two months. That's witness tampering. They were very concerned about her. They, they, they got her six lawyers from D.C., including Hunter Biden's lawyer and Seth Rich's lawyer. And, and she's now, you know, Presidential Medal of Freedom. They got her in the protective zone here. But she was ahead of a contrite moment where she was so concerned about what was going on that she blew the whistle. And again, some of those people are, are now the people who are just listening to her. They're indicted. So they're basically trying to, you know, t they're, they're tampering with the witnesses and people who are trying to help the whistleblower. There are lots of aspects still going on in Georgia. Uh, that that's uh, is in itself amazing. I presume that that body cam footage is ultimately going to be shown in a courtroom somewhere. No. Yes, uh, we, we we put out uh, clips of it. There's an it's an hour. Well, there's several shorter ones where where you have a uh, police at, at her house and talking to a pastor and talking to some some of the the witness the, the whistleblower helpers. Uh, yes, there's an hour long body cam with the police talking about it on tape. The police say it's no crime. It's just a cover up. And uh, and then there's police reports about it that were doctored. The police reports had a supplement that was put in later. So there's so many intriguing parts about this that we hope to get out in court. Um, and, and like like we talked about in the in the criminal case, those things may come out if we get past the D.A. Uh, dismissal. But it's 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 looking like she might she and the prosecutors might get blown out, and hopefully the case is dismissed altogether. But then you know we'll have to wait for the civil cases to go through the body cam and the police reports and Ruby Freeman and the ballots and you know th that's going to you know I, I think Democrats know they've got a problem. Fulton is holding it up; they're they're refusing to disclose, and the judge is is working collusively in there to to prevent this evidence from coming out. So real problem. Robert McBurney is a big problem. Uh, Robert, we've uh, had uh, Harrison Floyd on the show, uh, a, a valiant young man, uh, a very promising young man with a great political future. Uh, more recently, I believe he was gagged. Uh, we pray for him. Uh, he's on our growing list of people that we pray for. The list seems to get longer every weekend. Uh, how is Harrison Floyd doing? I think he's holding up really well. Um, ex excited that um, that Fonny has the true corruption and moral um, weakness uh, in Fulton County is is coming to the light of day, and and people are are seeing. He's happy that people in Georgia are waking up to the the uh, the two tier justice system we have to the lawfare, and um, and he's he's holding well. This guy's a you know machine gunner, tough guy. Um, uh, great. Yes, we, we he's in our prayers as are as are many of them. Kathy Latham, David Schaefer, Mike Roman, uh, all of them could use help. You know, they 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 have legal defense fund, electorsfund.org, uh, to help Harrison Floyd, help Harrison uh, Floyd. Um, uh, see, there's 15 of them that that in that need help in the in the Georgia case. Electors fund. Say it again for us, Robert. Let's make sure we get that in, out there. It's electorsfund.org. There you have it, folks, electorsfund.org. Please uh, 
see it in your heart to send a contribution to these valiant uh, patriots who are fighting for the truth. Uh, we have about five minutes left. Troy, uh, do you have a final question for Robert? Well, uh, Robert, what would you say to the uh, American people out there who are watching this kind of unfold and they're really worried about what we're doing heading into 2024 and they're worried that that maybe Trump will be tried, you know, taken out of the election? What would you say to those people right now? Well, I would I would use a um, go to the back end of any of Trump rallies where he plays the song. Hold on. I'm coming. <laughs> and um, and and he will. I think we'll be victorious here. And it may take a little time at the trial level level in, in New York and D.C. They may have a rigged, corrupt judges and systems uh, where um, they may get a trial level conviction in one of these cases. But but when you get it out to a, a, you know, a, a circuit court or a Supreme Court, they he will be totally exonerated in all these things. Now, the Fulton, the Fulton case, we have um <laughs> the tables really have turned on the, on the prosecution and um, that, that's just, that's going to open up so many other problems. We think that's probably going to get dismissed at the trial level. The, the judge McAfee looks like he's doing a pretty, a pretty decent job. We'll see if he's conflicted or not, but uh, um, no, I think the American people should. Uh, it's very discouraging when you look at the, the legal system corruption, Rogers experienced it firsthand. Uh, but, it is very scary. That part is very scary. If they can do it to a billionaire, the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, they can do it to anybody. And they have with hundreds and hundreds of people. They're coming after pro-lifers praying, you know, to, to stop abortions. It, it's it's very, really scary stuff. But I think the momentum is going really well for President Trump. Uh, polling is excellent. And, and the people are starting to get it. Look at the black and Hispanic vote and turnout uh, in the primaries. And um D, D, D and independent, when you have a fair race, it's really breaking President Trump's way. So his numbers are looking good. Now we just want to make sure that we don't have uh, the cheating going on. So you have the you know, offense and defense. And uh, we're hoping that some changes at the RNC uh, give us a little more firepower on the defense as well. Excellent analysis. All right, let me thank our guest, uh, Robert Bose, uh, served in the Trump administration and the Trump White House, a good friend of the show. Excellent analysis today, Robert. Thank you so much for joining us yet again in the Stone Zone. Thank you, Troy. And thank you, Roger. Uh, all right, folks, um, we're at the end here. Uh, I do want to remind you uh, that uh, Troy and I are brought to you every day by the great folks at MyPillow.com. We have to get in a word for those great folks. MyPillow.com is, of course, uh, the chief company of uh, the country's number one free speech and election integrity advocate, Mike Lindell. Mike himself is under attack from the deep state. So when you go to mypillow.com, you help us here at the Stone Zone. You help uh, uh, us uh, across the board, including helping the great folks at MyPillow. Now, if you thought MyPillow was just about pillows and bedding, well, you would be wrong. There's many, many great products there. Now, let me just mention a few quickly, the dog beds the pet blankets, the men and women's bedroom slippers, the great terry cloth bathrobes, many, many great products on sale, great prices. When you buy things new, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. So please help Mrs. Stone and I, help Mike Lindell, help America. 
go to mypillow.com and use promo code STONE. That's promo code STONE. God will bless you for it. All right, that's it for today. I'm Roger Stone. This has been the Stone Stone. God bless you and Godspeed. Roger Stone and nothing wrong. They want to get me like I'm Roger Stone. They want to get me like I'm Roger Stone. They want to frame me like I'm Roger Stone. They want to frame me like I'm Roger Stone.